Good morning. So we continue in our series for Lent this morning uh, that Sue kicked off last week. And this is the series on courageous church. What does it mean for us to be courageous church? Now, what I find interesting with this... Oh! (laughs) Go on. A church is ready for adventure. What a brilliant answer. Now, what's really interesting... Fantastic. A church that's ready for adventure. Now, what I find interesting with this is, I think when we first started talking about being courageous church, there was a sense for us that this meant being resourcing church and thinking about the church plant. But actually, it's far more than that. It's actually just about being church full stop. How are we ready for adventure, in those brilliant words, all of the time? And so these words uh, build up our series that we're looking at over Lent. Last week, Sue launched with, what does it mean to be confident in church? How are we confident in the gospel? How are we confident in the good news? Today, we're talking about contagious, so hopefully catching something good, not something bad like cold or flu this morning. And you can see there the rest of the messages that we'll be looking at over Lent. What does it mean to be courageous at church? So indeed, we start this morning with looking at contagious. And like I say, that might sound like a negative term. I don't want to catch something. I don't want to catch a cold. I don't want to catch flu. But actually, there's something positive about catching joy or catching faith. You know, Elizabeth's just described what a beautiful promise it is to think about the joy and promise of God. That sounds like an exciting, joyful thing to catch hold of. How do we catch hold of that? And also last week, Sue talked about how we tell the story of what our faith is. And she used these four symbols to describe that, recognising first off with the heart, the love of God. That's exciting, right? That God loves me, God loves you, God loves all of us so much that he created us. So we have the heart to symbol that God's love. Then we have the divide symbol to say, but there's a separation between us and God. Things just get in the way of us living in that joy and faith with God. And then we have the symbol of the cross to say that Jesus died for us to take away that divide, to allow us to be closer to God. And then the question mark that says, how do we respond to that? So if that's a a structure, if we like, for thinking about our faith and thinking about the good news of the gospel, how is that contagious? Well, I guess we can look at the fact that it has been contagious through Bible history and history full stop. It's not just in the Bible that says that Christianity spread like wildfire in the early church. In the book of Acts, a bit earlier in the book of Acts than the reading we've had this morning, we hear about on the day of Pentecost there being 3,000 people baptised in the name of Jesus. So this is, if you like, the birth of the church, and there are 3,000 Christians. That's the start. Within less than 300 years, there were 6 or 7 million Christians. Less than 300 years, that's only a few generations, the population of Christians has grown from 3,000 to around 7 million. That's like the population of this road to the whole population of London in just a few generations. Christianity 
is contagious. But how is it contagious? And indeed, what does that mean for us today? One of the things that we might notice in the two readings that we've had this morning is that there's a theme about going out and going into people's houses. Jesus says, go to his disciples. And he also says, when you enter a house. When St. Paul met Lydia, he went to her house. And I think we're pretty guilty as Christians all over the church of saying, why don't more people come to church? We want more people to come to this building. Why don't more people come in? But actually the message in the Bible is go. Go to them where they are and find them and speak with them and speak to them in their houses. Now, if you're anything like me, you probably don't want to go home from today, start knocking all on your neighbours' doors and saying, hello, I'm here to tell you about Jesus. That might seem a little bit uncomfortable, not very British, uh, a little bit strange. So what does it mean for us today to be going out and meeting people where they are and sharing our faith with them? And I think there's something really interesting in here about how we create opportunities for that. So one of the things we might want to get clear on actually as a starting point is what is my story? If I'm going to share anything with someone else, I need to be clear in my own mind of what my story is. Like, why do I believe in God? Why do I come to church on a Sunday? If you're one of the very kind people that bakes cakes for Beacon Academy, why do you do that? If you're one of the very kind people that helps keep this building running and runs hospitality and sings in the choir, why do you do these things? Why? Because being clear on our own story, on our own sense of our faith and why we serve God and serve our neighbours is a really good starting point to sharing that story with other people. So if you'll humour me, I'm going to suggest that we do a bit of prayer slash personal reflection here to think about our own stories. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the gift of faith. For the gift you have given us in being able to meet and worship and learn about you in freedom. Lord, in a few quiet moments now, help us to reflect on our story, on what our faith means to us. Inspire us, Lord, to think about why we believe in you and why we want to be here serving you. And Lord, I pray for each of us that this reflection on this story continues way past today. That we may be inspired by our own faith, inspired by your love and share that great news with others. We pray in the precious name of Jesus who made all this possible. Amen. So hopefully, just had a couple of thoughts spring to mind about what is your story? My story, just to give one example, gosh, we've all got individual stories. And I often hear some people say, oh, my story's not that exciting. I didn't have any big road to Damascus wow moment. 
What's wonderful about our stories is that they're our stories. They're each unique and beautiful to God in equal measure. And indeed, I didn't have some big road to Damascus moment. My faith really started from feeling like there had to be something else to life. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't go to church as a child. And I just felt like there had to be something more to life than just waking up, having a job, going shopping. Just felt like there was something more. And I started asking lots of questions about that. What might there be? And then I found out there was this thing called the Alpha Course, where you can go and ask all of those questions. And in having the freedom and space to ask those questions, I learned about God and it it just made sense to me that actually God exists and God created us. And then when I learned about Jesus and everything Jesus stands for, that's when I was really inspired. That's when it went from this makes sense to actually now I feel something in my heart. Jesus' message all about love was so inspiring to me That's when I'd say I really became a Christian. I was inspired by that message of love. So that's a bit about my story. Reflect on your own story. Why is it you believe? Why is it you come to church? So first off, let's get clear on our story. And then we need to give opportunities for people to ask us about our story if they want to. And again, I'm perhaps being a little bit sensitive and British about this. Then instead of just going to my neighbours and saying, let me tell you about my faith, which they might not appreciate. What I'm thinking more about is giving people opportunities to ask about my faith if they want to. So small things. I wear a cross, a necklace with a cross on it. And that has sometimes prompted people to say, what, is, what does that mean? Does that mean you're a Christian? What does that mean you believe? So even just by wearing an item of jewellery, it gives people the opportunity to ask a question. My goodness, I would never go this extreme because I can't do pain. But I once worked with a lady who had a tattoo of a cross on her arm and she did it for exactly the same reason. She worked with young people in schools and the young people would say, "Ear miss. What does that mean? Pointing to this tattoo on her arm. And it gave her an opportunity to share her faith with people. That's not my preference, (laughs) but we're all different, right? Also, doing things that are going to prompt questions, like sharing. If someone says, how was your weekend? You might mention what you got up to at church. And indeed, if you are baking cakes or coming in to look after the building or doing activities at church, if you share that with other people, you give them the opportunity, if they want to, to ask, why do you do that? Well, you go to church on Sunday, do you? Why do you do that? You bake cakes for a school. Why do you do that? If we tell people about what we're up to, we give them the opportunity to ask. And so as a three-step process, we love three-step processes because they're memorable. If I know what my story is and I give people the opportunity to ask me questions, then kind of linked to the first point is, have I got a clear idea of how I would respond to those questions? And just a couple of stories that bring that to life for me. Really beautiful little everyday stories. We had our prayer breakfast here last weekend. And Ben, who's the curate who will be leading the new church plant in Grange Park, Ben shared a little insignificant story. But it's not insignificant. It's huge, actually. He was in the Costa Coffee, the new one on Grange Park. 
And his little girl got chatting to another little girl, which led to then Ben, dad, chatting to the other dad. And, oh, so do you live in the area? Do you live here on Grange Park? And Ben said, well, we will do soon because we're going to move here soon. Oh, really? Is that for work? And this was Ben's opportunity. He said, well, yes, it is for work. I'm I'm a minister, I'm, I'm a Christian, and we're going to be setting up a new church here on the estate. Now, this family described to Ben that they would not call themselves Christian and they've never been to church. But they said to him, we're really excited about this. Can we exchange details? We'd love to hear more about it and get involved. How fantastic is that? That's contagious. That's something exciting that God is doing just in an insignificant little chat in Costa Coffee. What opportunities are there for us to be having these conversations? The community centre, which is now being built, woohoo, finally, uh, on Grange Park. A number of us have been involved, uh, myself, not for too long, but a number of people for many, many years working to get this community centre built. And again, people will say to them, why are you doing this? One person's been involved for 12 years, 12 years working to get a community centre built. And people say to him, why are you doing this? And for some people involved, they're doing it purely out of a love for serving community. But for a lot of the people involved, they're Christians. And that's where their love of serving community comes from. And they have that opportunity to share their faith when people say, why are you doing this? I, when Mark, my husband and I, moved to Grange Park two years ago now, we moved from down south, we very much felt that God was nudging us or calling us to serve community. We didn't really know what that meant, but we thought we'd find out what needs were in the community and see what we could do. And one small little thing that came up was that there were lots of business owners or people who work from home who would appreciate the chance to meet together. And so I said, well, I've got a big kitchen. Come to my house. We'll have a cup of tea and and share experiences. And it occurred to me before I set it up that people might ask, why are you doing this? Are you selling something? Are Are you running this so that we can buy something from you? And so it occurred to me, actually, I could do with being prepared in having something to say if someone says, why are you doing this? And sure enough, someone came on that first day and asked, so what's in this for you? And I said, well, actually, on the one hand, nothing's in it for me because I'm not selling anything or, or doing anything to make a profit from this. But I'm doing this because I'm a Christian. And being a Christian for me means that I serve my community And this is my community, and you've said this is what you need, so that's why I'm doing it. But I guess if I'm honest, what's then in it for me is the real feeling of joy that comes from seeing people connect and get to know their neighbours and have that sharing of experience. And so again, it's a little insignificant story. It's just a little meet-up of a few neighbours. But now as that's kept going month on month, I still get people asking me, why are you doing this? And it's just an opportunity. And so I've asked you, what's your story? Why do you come to church? Why do you believe in God? And in reflecting on that story, we find our opportunities. If I give you the opposite version of this, I mentioned to you that I did not grow up in a Christian household. I didn't know anything about God or church when I was a child. 
But when I was about seven, my gran, uh, who lived in a small village, I went to stay with her for a week and she took me to church. So there I am, a little seven-year-old, going in. It was Easter Sunday, so I got given a cream egg. I was very excited. This is what matters. And so, you know, I'm seven, I'm full of questions, little curious girl, and I asked my gran, Gran, why do you go to church? Gran said, it's just what you do. It's just what you do. You live in the village, you shop in the grocery shop in the village, and you go to the village church on Sunday. It's just what you do. I didn't find that to be a very satisfactory answer as a little curious seven-year-old, but I had my cream egg, so I was happy. But as I look back now as an adult, I think how sad, actually, what a missed opportunity. Both selfishly for me, it was a missed opportunity for me because perhaps I could have learned about God at a much younger age. But I also feel sad for my gran, that it seems like a missed opportunity for her that going to church was just what you did. And that actually what Elizabeth has just shared about the excitement and joy of the promise of God's love, if we're not connecting with that, it feels to me like we're missing out on something. And so I want to encourage each of us today that when we reflect on our story, when we reflect on why do I believe in God or why do I come to church on Sunday, If the answer to that question is not particularly inspiring or joyful, how might we connect with that joy or reconnect with that joy if we've lost it? Because if you're anything like me, you might find it comes in waves, that joy of our faith. Sometimes it feels really high, other times it all feels very low. And so I'll pray for us shortly that we can reconnect with that joy. But there's also something we can do about that. Elizabeth, this evening at 5.30, is running a Lent course. So you might want to come along to that and reflect on your faith, reflect on your story. Five o'clock, thank you, Elizabeth, not 5.30, five (laughs) o'clock. Brilliant. (laughs) Uh, And so that might be an opportunity for you. Or it might be about, I remember when I went through a particular dip in my faith, uh, I really didn't connect with joy at all. The moment for me was finding a new book that uh, described the Bible in different ways. It was called The Essential 100, and it took you through 100 Bible readings. So it might be about finding a new book for you that opens up the Bible, or looking at things on the internet, podcasts and videos and all sorts. So have a think, if you are feeling a bit disconnected from that joy of your faith, have a think about how you could reconnect. Let's pray indeed about that. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of joy. What an amazing thing it is to feel joy and contentment in our faith and in your presence. But sometimes, Lord, we're not experiencing that joy and we feel far from you. So, Lord, we pray that you will guide us and inspire us to re-find you and re-find the joy of knowing your love and sharing that love with others. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.